I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to TC Live as we wrap up Championship Sunday at the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. We are presented by our friends at Expedia just one week until the U.S. Open and we've got a lot to get to over the next 30 minutes. (laughs) Mother Nature, let us play two finals. Thank you very much. Welcome into our studios in Santa Monica. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin. John Worth, I'm with you once again to wrap up the entire week here, and it has been something special. We've got the best of the best coming up later on the show. Plus, Borna Chorich is going to head to the TC desk in Cincinnati and join Prakash Amitraj. We'll have that for you coming up. But how about this guy who was ranked as low as 278 in May, now up inside the top 30 once again. Uh, it's just such a fantastic story. Everything that Borna Chorch has been through, the long injury layoff to come back and work his way into form where he could win this big of a title, the biggest of his career. Just was fun to watch him play such free tennis all week. Lowest ranked Masters 1000 champion, John. And this is a guy who now will be seated at the U.S. Open. Had, still has to use a protected ranking, but will be seated there. Incredible. The week after Wimbledon, Borna Chorich played in Yasi, Romania, and lost in the first round as he was trying to build up his ranking. He has come so far in such a short time. I mean, this was a prodigy. This was a guy who was well inside the top 50 as a teenager. But for him to win this tournament, five straight top 20 opponents, starting with Rafa Nadal, to win this trophy with this level of tennis. And as you say, Steve, it's, it's, this is a great lesson for every player. But starting outside the top 50 now, he will be seated when the U.S. Open starts in eight days. It's incredible. We'll have the full highlight of Borna Chorich coming up on the show. But let's start with the ladies. A great story there as well. Petra Gavitova playing her 40th final, looking for her 30th title. And Caroline Garcia, she has been on fire since June, going for her third title in two months, Chanda. Yeah, had to come through qualifying, so was in a rhythm of playing, but she looked like she just had unlimited energy. Started off quick, taking the ball early, serving big. She would have 11 aces over the course of the match, and this is against a fellow big-serving opponent. But Garcia just did not look back. She got that first set tucked away. Petra Kvitova had some physical issues. She'd see the physio. Wasn't quite evident, maybe foot, lower leg uh, issue. You could tell she might have been a little hampered going out to some shots, but a lot of it had to do with how quick Carolyn Garcia was playing. She was taking balls out of the air when she had opportunities, playing aggressively, just beautiful stuff. Carolyn Garcia, 11 aces, won 82% of her first serve points, and she went to the TC desk to tell Prakash about her path back to glory. Some losses are going to be very difficult, like it hurts really deep inside. Uh, but you have to enjoy every single win, and that's what gives you the energy, that's what fuel, fuel you to, to go further and uh, to... Like I say, you don't know, I was coming from Qualis and now I'm here with this, uh, the title, so... Every single win are very important and they help you to, to build confidence and uh, energy. 
All right, let's take a look at our Expedia match summary. 11 aces. Caroline Garcia is now the ace leader on the WTA this year. Incredible. She was ranked 79 in June, now up to 17 in the world. A major doubles title, three singles titles on three different surfaces. The first qualifier to win a WTA 1000 event. John Garcia got her first top five win seven years ago in Cincinnati. That was against Petra Kvitova. Beat three top ten players this week on the road to her 10th career title. How has she become so dangerous yet again? You mentioned the serve and tied to the serve is confidence. This was a top five player five years ago. I mean, we've been talking about Caroline Garcia for a long time. She's had tough times, sometimes closing matches. She's had some slumps. Now she is on a streak. She had a great summer, as you say, Steve, beat Iga Świątek in Poland and backed that up with a great week of tennis. Confidence begets confidence. She has it right now. 27 wins since June. That's more than anybody on the WTA Tour. Now fourth on the, the overall list. And that's basically doing what she's done in the past couple months, Chanda. What's been most important for her rise recently? Yeah, it just looks like she's playing so much more relaxed tennis. She believes in her game. She understands what she needs to do in terms of the aggressive style of play. I mean, she's been coming in, taking returns early, playing inside the court. She's got a clear roadmap in terms of how she wants these matches to unfold. And she's also been there before. So she has the experience, but maybe now just appreciating it a little bit better and able to sustain it. So it's been just fantastic to see this these big results she's had recently it's in both champions in Cincinnati right they're, they're both former top 15 players Garcia four in the world born a torch 12 in the world both with huge efforts and we send it back to Cincinnati now born a torch joining Prakash Amitraj on the desk with that beautiful Rookwood Cup Prakash take it away Steve, thank you very much. Borna, uh, what an unbelievable effort. I don't know if your timing was better in your <laughs> tennis or with timing the victory before it started pouring down. But I would say on the tennis, on the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> you started off the week beating Rafa. You, you, you came through qualifying. You're outside the top 150 right now. Did you think this was even possible at the beginning of the week? Absolutely not, absolutely not, not, uh, no, not even close. I, I started the week with, uh, with not much confidence, to be honest. I, I, uh, I just didn't play very well in the practices and, and I, was, I was not feeling very confident. So I was just, I was just going match by match. You know, in the first round, I was, I was extremely happy that I won right. in, in, in the second round. And we all know, you know, and I think, uh, I think from there, I, uh, I just took uh, also some confidence and, uh, and the rhythm and, you know, that's how I did it, basically. We have to talk a little bit about your journey. It was November 2018 when you were ranked 12. You had just missed out getting to the Nitto ATP Finals. Then, of course, you had to go through your whole surgery and the whole process, and now you're here. Uh, what What does that journey feel like? The emotions that you went through? Yeah, it was uh, it was very very interesting. Obviously, you know, I I was never out uh, for that long of the time. Uh, I was I was I was mostly out for probably like uh, maybe three months. No, no, I was out. Uh, I was out uh, for the whole year, so it was uh, it was very, very strange feeling. And uh, actually, in the, in the first couple of months, it was fine. I was I was enjoying myself. I was on the scene on the summer with my friends. It was it was all good, you know. But then, uh, when the winter came, and uh, um, I just I just I just started to feel very anxious, and I was not happy. And I saw that something was uh, was not uh, was not uh, going right. So 
I, I started to panic, but you know, like I said on the court, I had a, I had a great physio and the, and the team around me who were supporting me very hard in the tough times. And and believe me, there were very tough times, you know, back then. So yeah, that's it. Those those tough times. Uh, surely it was physical, but mentally also, you would have gone through periods of doubt and so forth. Um, it was more mentally, to be honest, than the physically. Physically, it was uh, it was not so hard, you know. It was it was just gym. Basically, I I didn't play any tennis for. Uh, uh, for the six months, so it was uh, it was only mentally, you know, and and the doubt that you know if if I'm gonna ever play again, if if I'm if I'm gonna come back and uh, and if I come back, if I'm gonna play on the same level, if if I'm gonna be able to serve on the same level, you, uh, you just never know with uh, with those kind of things. So I would say it was uh, it was mostly mentally. I know you've been trying to find your form to come back. You had won four matches on the tour level this year, and then all of a sudden this week, your your best single event ever. What's what's come together? The, the physique seems to be a huge part of your game. It is, it is. But I think mostly, you know, this week I was I was just serving unbelievable. Uh, I would say in the whole week I was serving uh, uh, best in my in in uh, in my whole life. So you know, in in, in the last two matches, uh, uh, my percentage dropped uh, just a little bit. But uh, in the important points, I was I was always serving big, you know, and and. Uh, uh, if I serve like that, I can I can relax more on the return and I can I can play much better tennis. So it's uh, it's the it's the main part of my game. Well, you play so well from the baseline, and now to add that serve, it's it's a completely different proposition as exactly. we've seen this week. Now going into New York, this must shift your mindset a little bit as to what you're going after over there. I mean, I'm, uh, I need to rest first for uh, um, not just for a couple of days. It's been a very tough week for me. I'm uh, not used to this. I, I didn't play for for a very long time, so I, you know, I, I didn't have uh, this kind of stress on my body for uh, for long periods of time. So I'm, I'm going to rest, and you know, then I'm 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 going to shift my uh, all focus uh, on the U.S. Open and. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to prepare the same like, uh, like for this tournament. Everyone, all week, all of our commentators, all of our analysts, the biggest thing that we've been talking about, as you mentioned, is, is your serve and the fact that you've, you've put on some good size and you're looking so strong. You. you have to give us in a little bit of insight as to how you've been able to develop that, which is so hard to do, especially after a surgery. Um, I was eating lots of proteins. Hey, <laughs> I hey, I respect that. I that that's it, that's my, that's it, my yeah, guy. Okay. <laughs> You know, proteins five times a day, and uh, and you're good. No, I'm uh, obviously I was in the in the gym for a long periods of time because that was part of uh, of my rehab. I I needed to do that. Um, so yeah, I I did put some on uh, you know muscle on on my shoulder because that was uh, that was what I needed, um, and maybe that helped my serve as well. You never know. It's absolutely paid off, my man. Cannot wait to see what you do in New York. And Thank uh, you. just Appreciate tremendous it. congratulations, Thank ladies you. and gentlemen. It's your 2022 champion. Thank you. Steve, back to you guys. Great job, Prakash, all week long there in Cincinnati, getting some great insights from Borna George. What did you take out of that? Yeah, it's always interesting to hear the journey that a player has coming back from such a long injury layoff. About a year he was out of the game, and he mentioned it a couple of times about the uncertainty, the mental struggles you have, the ups and downs. You think the surgery is going to go one way. It maybe doesn't go as you expected, and you've got to reset and retool. And Borna Chorch is so impressive the way he's done that and the mindset he's taken into this week, and it's paid off. The panic, the doubts, just get a lot of protein, and all that is gone. Let's see how he got it done, John, because Borna George only dropped one set all week. He beat Rafa Nadal. He beat Felix Ojealiasim. He beat Cam Nori. He beat Stefano Sitsipas today. How did he do it? Stefano Sitsipas up a break here, looked to be in control, but George just kept fighting. He got an opportunistic break in the first set. 
And then, as he said in that interview, serving, serving, and serving. I mean, 84% first serves one. He was serving harder than Tsitsipas, who's not only a bigger player, but is the one who didn't have the shoulder surgery recently. Look at that. Just nice dig from the baseline there. This is in a first set tiebreak when the match really shifted. Six all, and then a skunk in the tiebreak. Just sort of a, a strange vacant performance in that tiebreak from Tsitsipas. And then. Biggest match of his career, going for his third title, but also his first hardcore outdoor title. This is some nice footwork here, nice bit of shot making. Ooh, you like that? Some style to go with the substance. Torich gets a break in the second set. This match would then even up, but look at the shot making from the baseline, the confidence, dictating rallies. Again, we're talking about the, the top four seed in Tsitsipas and the guy who's outside the top 50 seals it. Biggest win of his career, almost a million dollars. That is a big time title for Borna Chorich. Said he thought he was gonna lose his first round match. Instead, he ends up with the trophy and to 29 in the live rankings. Incredible stuff, the lowest ranked man to win a Masters 1000 title. This is first ever Masters 1000 title, the 80th overall in this series, ranking it to go up to 29, started the tournament at 152, had those three top 10 wins this week, and he is just the second active man with a winning record against Rafa Nadal. Novak Djokovic, born at George. That is it. He talked about having the best wow. serving week of his life, Chanda, after having shoulder surgery. How do you do something like that? I mean, only he knows at this point. I mean, he talked a little bit about it, you know, all the work he put in in the gym, just trying to get stronger. And, you know, having an injury like that, you've got to rebuild around it and make sure it can take all of the stress that you're going to put on it playing tennis. And George clearly did that. You could see he was so fit. Um, and it's not just getting back physically, but it's also having the confidence in your body again. And I think the fact that he did so much good work in the gym, he could rely on his body. He could you know, not second guess. And I think over the course of the week, we just saw him get more and more confident that win against Nadal. I think that was huge. That was a boost for him. And it really just set his week off. And a lot of times with players, you see that one turnaround. You never know when it's going to happen, but you look forward to that one week where something's going to kind of turn. And I think for George, this week was huge. John, to see Pablo Carino Busta win the Canadian Masters last week, born at Chorich, mm -hmm. win the Cincinnati Masters this week, how does that affect what you believe heading into the U.S. Open in a week? Well, I, I think for one thing, I think we're glimpsing what tennis is going to look like when the big three and on the women's side with Serena, with, with them no longer in the game, we are going to see more results like that. We may not see players win 20 plus majors, but we're going to see these kind of fun results. And yeah, I mean, the U.S. Open was going to be wide open to begin with. We have a, a defending champion who's won only one tournament this year. We have Novak Djokovic, as of right now, unlikely to play. Rafa Nadal is not 100% physically, and do we add Borna Chorich's name to the list suddenly? But there, there's such a lesson here. I mean, a week ago, we were talking about Montreal, and Borna Chorich's name did not enter our thoughts. Um, seven days later, he is almost a million dollars richer, more than 100 points higher in the rankings, and suddenly a U.S. Open contender. Fates change fast in this sport of ours, guys. The last man to win his first Masters 1000 event in Cincinnati, Daniil Medvedev who is now your reigning U.S. Open champion. We'll see what Borna does there. We are just one week away from the year's final major. Our coverage continues all week long, leading up to Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open. Join me, John, and a special guest. It's a two-hour pregame show starting Monday, August 29th at 9 a.m. Eastern. 
All eyes and all the talk going to be about Serena Williams in what will likely be her final U.S. Open. Amanda Anasimova honors the legend now. If I had one word to describe Serena Williams, it would be legendary um, because she's changed the sport and, you know, everything she's achieved is absolutely incredible. And yeah, she's the one who inspired me since the first day that I started playing tennis. Um, so it's really bittersweet to see her go, but I'm really excited for the US Open and looking forward to seeing what her new chapter holds. All right, let's take a look at the odds to win the U.S. Open on the women's side. Iga Sviantek, still your favorite by quite a margin, even though she doesn't come in with a whole lot of confidence. You got Simona Halep, who won in Toronto, the WTA 1000 event there. Your Wimbledon champion, Elena Rybakina, Coco Gauff. I would put her a little bit higher there. And Serena Williams, plus 3,500, tied for 21st in going for her 24th career Grand Slam singles title, Chanda. Uh, what do you think the chances are of Serena being able to come through? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's a long shot at this stage. You consider, you know, the, the few matches that she has had. She was out for a year. Uh, it's very difficult to come back in the best of circumstances and, you know, maybe hasn't gotten the matches she would have liked. You know, we saw her movement. That wasn't quite as crisp. So hopefully that will improve by the time the first round of the U.S. Open rolls around. And I think the serve, for me, that was the biggest part. If she doesn't get the serve going, it's going to be a very long shot for her to win the U.S. Open. John, last three U.S. Opens for Serena. Finals, finals, semifinals. What is a successful U.S. Open, in your opinion, for Serena Williams this year? Yeah, I mean, we, we all know what Serena's done and have great admiration. We also know there's this a player that's won one match this year. Um, if she made the middle weekend, maybe served up one for the memory banks. I'm thinking back to you know, Andre Agassi's run and his final U.S. Open, something like that. I mean, I think it's, you know, you, you never underestimate Serena. I think it's almost whimsical to imagine she would win the title but I think if she can win a match or two and get the crowd going and ha have a maybe a middle weekend uh, finale, I, I think that would be a, a great send off. Well, we we've got a whole week to talk about it, and then we'll talk about it during the U.S. Open as well. Looking forward to the year's final major. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. To coach or not to coach, that is the question. With a new rule at the U.S. Open this year, find, find out why one top player wants no part of this. TC Live is presented by Expedia, made to travel. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Shannon John, Steve back on TC Live presented by Expedia. There is a new coaching rule that started after Wimbledon and will be in effect at the U.S. Open this year. Verbal coaching will be allowed when the player is on the same side of the court, and hand signals are allowed at any time. That means Paul Anacone and Mike Russell can provide insights to Taylor Fritz in the middle of a match. But does Taylor want it? The top-ranked American gave his opinion. 
No, I honestly haven't even noticed. I haven't talked to Mike, and he hasn't talked to me one time since the coaching's become a thing. It's a dumb rule. Why is it a dumb rule? Because tennis is an individual sport. Why would? Why are we making it not an individual sport? <laughs> a huge part of tennis is, in my mind, like as tennis is as much mental as it is physical, and a big part of it is you need to be figuring it out on the court for yourself. Like you need to be the one figuring it out. You should. There's. It's just I think it's ridiculous that, you know, you can be mentally not there, not good analytically, not good uh, at kind of working through things and coming up with strategies, and you can have someone tell you what to do. I, I hate it. <laughs> he hates it. I love his answer there. Uh, what do you make of it, thinking that it's a dumb rule? What do you think of what Taylor said? Well, I mean, the good part about it, if you don't like the rule, is you don't have to do it. <laughs> that's the true. Like, you have the power out there. So <laughs> that's certainly part of tennis. It's, you know, that individual player out there for themselves trying to figure it out. And that's the part I think that so many of us appreciate about the game. I certainly don't like the rule. I don't prefer it. Um, it's been an effect on the women's side for quite a while. Uh, you know, I think at times we say there's coaching going on already, mm -hmm. so why not just make it legal? Why not, you know, stop calling attention to it, make it fair for both sides? I personally think that it's still about that one-on-one. -on -one. It's still about that player figuring it out for themselves and being able to process information in the heat of the moment. And no coach sitting on the side of the court is going to really help you with that. Uh, once it's time to throw the balls up and, and, you know, play the match, you know, you pretty much have what you have. And so, yeah, I prefer it not to to be in play, but maybe some good will come of it. We'll see. We, we will see. John, you hear from a lot of players. Do you think most players agree with Taylor or disagree? I think most coaches disagree, but you will notice that Taylor Fritz did not get a lot of blowback for that, um, and nor, nor should he have. I mean, I think that was great of him to say. I think the other thing I would have, this, this is absolutely a fundamental distortion of tennis like chanda says this isn't some little tweak that hey we, we can try no towels or we can try to have automated line calling this is really fundamental to tennis and to just sort of slip it in as hey we're going to trial this I, I i think is uh almost immoral i also think this really benefits the wealthier players i mean we we know about the top coaches and we always see them when we watch matches there are a lot of players that can't afford coaching can't afford top level coaching so i think a, a competitive balance that already favors the top players is going to be skewed even more but i i just you know they, they don't allow hands in soccer well you know what uh, that's fundamental to soccer you don't just slip it in because other sports happen to do it. I am on team Ruben. I am on team Fritz. And I have not heard a lot of blowback, a lot of opposition to what Taylor very uh, courageously said. No, I, I, I agree with, with all of those sentiments. Why do you think they're doing it, Chanda? You know, I think part of it is that, you know, so many players coach and they're trying to figure out a way. It's hard to police it. It's hard to apply the rules across the board. Sometimes the umpires don't see it. And so players get away with it. And so it's all about trying to be fair, I think. But in this case, I don't think this makes it more fair, per se, to John's point. Not every player can have a team of coaches um, out there helping them. So that part isn't isn't quite fair. So, yeah, I think that's part of why they're doing it. But it's just a search. It's trying to figure out what's the best option. And I don't think we've come to that yet. I'm curious to hear what more players have to say. So hopefully at the U.S. Open, we'll get some more responses to that. Taylor Fritz, it's a dumb rule. I hate it. Get that coaching out of here, even though Paul's the best. And so is Mike Russell. We got a lot to get to here on TC Live. Best of the best on the way. Top five plays this week. 
and the tennis world just goes nuts. Anytime Roger Federer posts something on social media, he did that today. We'll show it to you next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ruben Wertheim Weissman back on TC Live taking a look at some notable players in action this week as they prepare for the U.S. Open. We've got Dominic Team and Grigor Dimitrov in Winston-Salem. It'll be interesting to see if Caroline Garcia still goes to Cleveland. Sophia Kennan needs to get some confidence heading into the year's final major. And Daria Kazatkina leading the field in Granby. Let's head back to Cincinnati for the men's doubles final. We got the top seeds, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury taking on Tim Putz and Michael Venus, John. Almost a home tournament for the Indiana native Rom. Oh, thanks for the setup. Yes, Rom, about uh, 100 miles away in Indianapolis. This is the number one team in the world defending U.S. Open champions, Rom and Salisbury, 38 years old. They won the first set in a tiebreak, just a couple of points played better, and the second set, much of the same. These teams actually won the exact identical number of points, but Rom and Salisbury just getting it done. There's an early mini break in that second set breaker. This is a nice way to close it. Look at this. Nice backhand overhead. That one sails out. And the U.S. Open champions win the tune-up event as they get ready for their defense. Third Masters title as a team, seventh overall. As John says, that includes the U.S. Open last year, but they pick up the Western and Southern Open title. What is trending on social media? Well, everybody is liking this video on Instagram. Roger Federer's caption was three emojis. The heart emoji, the tennis ball emoji, the eyes emoji. Chanda, Roger's hitting on a hard court. What do you see here? Uh, look who's back on the court. And of course, Labor Cup is coming up next month. And that is what Roger Federer has his eyes on. It's always good to see Federer back on court, especially after the injury layoff. And I mean, it's what people want to see, Steve. People yeah. are ready for a little Federer action going on. You sure he's not playing the US Open? <laughs> we will uh we will we will see one player born in 1981 uh with with 20 plus majors perhaps leave us at the u.s open uh but that's that's serena not roger federer who plays on good to see roger back out on the court and then this was awesome belinda bencich and her good friend donna vekich put this out on twitter it was the impersonation <laughs> of a men's handshake and then what's coming up next the impersonation of a women's Handshake. Chanda, is this spot on? It's pretty close, Steve. I mean, that was funny. And nice to see that camaraderie between these two, Vincic and Vekic. Um, but yeah, you know, you, the guys shake hands and they pat each other on the back and the chest and do the man hug. The and women are kind of like, I lost, move on. <laughs> We we, uh, we we call that second one the Ostapenko. That's less less a handshake than just our our, our palms happen to uh, have contact with each other. Um, all part of what we love about tennis. Different matches uh, come with different 
handshakes, but that's a, that's a great video they put together. <laughs> it's so, the, the patting on the chest, like that's what got me for the yeah, men's, what you see it all the time. All the time, right? Uh, and then, <laughs> Sometimes they hug, though, the women. Yes, yeah, no, Angebur. This is everything but Angebur because she always gets a hug. But here are some of the uh, icier handshakes we've seen on the WTA in the past, and this is what uh, <laughs> Belinda and Donna are, are playing off of. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, that was Craig Chikova. And that, uh, oh, that was Angie Kerber with uh, Bianca Andreescu when she called her a drama queen. Chanda, why, why is it like this on the WTA? <laughs> I mean, these are particular matches where there was some issues as well going on, so we've got to kind of give that, put that caveat out there. We see a few words there uh, from Mukarutha. Remember that match, Kerber as well. You know, there was some discord. We have some good handshakes as well. <laughs> Just leaving Paula Bedosa hanging there at the net. Well, we were looking, Steve, earlier at one with Conchita Martinez yeah. and Patty Jr. I remember those days. Oh, yeah, that was, that was, that was the fake out, right? Yes. Total fake out. Goop, yes. goop. Put that one in your YouTube. That's that's worth your, uh, your YouTube time. <laughs> she had the hand out there and then was... Sorry, psych. Can't even get a rocket. <laughs> That's good stuff, Belinda and Donna. Our best of the best is on the way. Who made the top five plays of the week that was? Welcome back. We have teased it all show long. This is what you wait for on a Sunday fun day. The best of the best, our top five shots and points of the week. Chanda at number five. The two legends, Andy Murray, Stan Vavreka in the first round. Yeah, this seemed like ages ago, Steve, but the defense of Andy Murray in the far court, still on an elite level, finds a way to track that ball down, and with the sharp angle, Stan Vavreka wasn't expecting it. Now, why wouldn't you expect this against Andy Murray? I know, they've played <laughs> like 20,000 times. But this is good stuff. This is one of the entertaining points in what was a great match between these two. Six major singles titles between those two. At number four, John Algebur, one of the best shot makers on either tour. And look at this passing shot. Yeah, you're, you're Katie McNally. This is your hometown tournament. Whoa, what was that? That is just filthy. Uh, good for Katie McNally, not for, uh, for, for smiling, but watch this. Behind Algebur and just flicks that cross court that uh that's some wand work right there <laughs> that's, that's an uh, ankle breaker why she gets to yeah exactly look at that's that breaking ankle that's, on the uh, and one tour Teron Liu. exactly <laughs> uh number three semi-final matchup medvedev Sitsipas. that is outstanding even courier had to give a couple of claps in the booth for that one this passing shot you're gonna be gumby to get your racket on it still be able to flick it up the line that way and the reaction from Sitsipas. Kind of like, what just happened? His <laughs> coach out there. I mean, Jill Savar, like, oh, I, that was, I didn't, we didn't practice that one. Uh, at number two, a little more love to doubles and some love to Stefano Sitsipas, John. Yeah, we forget he got to the singles final and also to the double semis with Ogaruno with shots like that. Look at that, around the post. You can do that when you're six foot six inches tall, but. Uh, Watch this. You, uh, you, you see some nice court coverage there, and the other team just not even expecting it. That's a great shot right there from Sitsipas. And again, nice week in Cincinnati overall for him. Didn't win either title, but played deep in both. Number one in all the land, Chanda, Carlos Alcaraz against Cam Nori. Yeah, this entire match was one of the most entertaining that we've seen all year. And this point had a bit of everything in it. 
Cam Norrie seemed like he had opportunities to put it away, but it's Alcaraz getting the last word. And I just loved his reactions as well, Steve. He's egging the crowd on. He's embracing the moment. He knows that he kind of stole one right there. Fantastic stuff from the youngster. Just 19 years old, this is what has everybody hyped about Carlos Alcaraz. Not just the game, but he gets, as you said, the entire crowd into it. Give him the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Let me hear it. Yeah, Let yeah. me hear it. Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> <I deserve it. laughs> let's, let's raise it up there in Cincinnati. That was, it was a good week. It was, it, that, it was tough to come up with five top we had, shots there. We had some great matches. We, we really did. Points. A lot of drama over the course of the week. And I mean, the winner. Who would have expected these two winners? Borna Chorich, now up to 29 in the world. At one point, was outside the top 250 this year. And then Caroline Garcia, who was at 79 in the world at one point not too long ago. And now she is back up to be seated at the U.S. Open. John, uh, I guess, what, what are you looking forward to this week, the, the one week we have before the U.S. Open? Yeah, I, I like that Dominic Team is back in action. Who let, let us not forget, riding a seven-match win streak into the U.S. Open. Okay, it was two years ago, but nice to see him back. A lot of players will be right where I am. will be in New York for sort of a, a week of appearances, and then nice fields for all three events that we're going to be showing this week as well, including Max Cressy, Grigor Dimitrov. We've got a lot of nice tennis covering up here before the U.S. Open. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how some of these players who are still looking for a few matches under their belts, how they play, like Sophia Kennan. She's mm -hmm. still trying to find some form going into the U.S. Open. So this is another good week, another big week for some players to make some turnarounds. Well, we got you covered all week long. We, we've got coverage this entire week leading up to the U.S. Open. John, I will see you in Los Angeles. August 29th, TC Live at the U.S. Open, two-hour pregame show every single day. Chanda, you're going to be in New York for the U.S. Open calling matches. Safe travels. Thank you. It's been a fun week having you back here. I have enjoyed it as always, Steve. Well, what a spectacular week of tennis we saw in Cincinnati. Caroline Garcia gets the win for the women and Borna Chorich born again on the men's side. We've still got more tennis coming up live today. The birthday boy, Leif Shiris, on the call with Jan Michael Gamble. They will be calling the action from Granby. Anna Carolina Schmidleva and Daria Sapple playing right now. Thanks, everybody, for watching TC Live.